0: This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listen good. Legend in my Hello, this is Mick Foley and you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Boom boom. What does that
1: say? Really? I think it says bang bang? Oh then you say it. <laughs>
0: bang bang. All right, it good. <laughs> Thank you,
2: Welcome to Smart Marks. I I'm I making no apologies for this one. If you don't like wrestling, go fuck yourself. In depth analysis of the WWE. We, we had to find a kind of a dirty corner of the internet to, to discuss our CD interests. Pay per view results.
1: Results from Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to be honest with you, I fast forwarded. I always do.
0: Rumors. Fantasy booking. Unbiased bitching and much more. With your hosts, Matt Lees.
1: He's Canadian too. Did you invent him? Being-
2: and the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. Oh, Wayne Deagle. Sorry, I thought we said Wayne Deagle. I thought that was some wrestler I'd never heard <laughs>
0: me to write his song tonight, but I would never be his mouthpiece. Because Rock's like LeBron James. He took his talent straight down to South Beach. And for the past few weeks, Rock's been legitimately pissed. If you get stuck singing your song tonight, Rock, it's all in the wrist. Please have a week where you don't come out here and choke You may be GI Joe this summer, right now you're a GI joke Ever since I opened my mouth about you, you've been begging me to back off So if Rock and Dwayne are the same person, I think y'all both are jack offs And after April 1st, you won't be making no more movies. You gonna need surgery on your face just like you had it on your boobies. Those poppin' pecs, they had more work than a locker room full of divas. I got a gift for Rock tonight, I'm gonna give him a Cleveland steamer. team lost it and the truth is getting scary because they weren't chanting rocky last week they were chanting tooth fairy <laughs> keep making fun of this fruity pebble rock because i ain't even close to sick of it i'm mr kung pao chicken you just miami fried ch- And no, no, I don't have balls, but I got something in their place. I'm gonna beat your ass at WrestleMania and put my nuts dead in your face. WrestleMania countdown, three weeks. Your hosts, Matt Lees and the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. <coughs> Huzzah!
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, for the week of March the 12th, 2012. We are only 20 nights away from the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. That's right, welcome to Smart Marks. It's me, your boy, Matt Lees, and I'm here as of every week with the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. How you doing, sir? I'm actually gonna change my name to Brian Attitudinal Fitzpatrick for this week. Alright, with my guest Brian Attitudinal Fitzpatrick, what a horrible word. That's one of my beefs with this week too.
2: I know, it, it was it just it was there. It was there all night like a fucking fart
1: smell that wouldn't go away. Exactly. So as you can tell right away folks, we're in a positive mind after all this week. Oh yeah. I was entertained thoroughly. It's in Cleveland, Ohio, in front of a record-breaking WWE crowd for Cleveland of See, 18,000 when Cle- plus. Whenever I hear Cleveland, Ohio and
2: stuff, I just think of the Drew Carey theme, which is a good thing, yeah. I suppose. See, I always think of the movie Major League.
1: I've never seen it. You yeah. blasphemy, sir. and oh, all disgraceful. I think it's the only funny thing Charlie Sheen's ever done, isn't it? Hot shots. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, let's call it even then. <laughs> so, Raw emanates tonight from Cleveland, Ohio, like I said, in front of 18,000 people. Jerry the King Lawler is in the ring right away, because this week, we were promised a rock and rap concert. Scale of 1 to 10, how excited were you for the rock and rap concert? Um, I, ha-
2: I didn't remember. I had to be reminded that I had seen the previous rock concerts when he was a heel. I think he was in Cleveland again, but I don't remember... Giving a shit then and i didn't really give a shit now <laughs> no um it was yeah if i'd been if i paid money for this so-called concert alone i would have wanted my money back
1: completely agree john cena is first up he is coming he comes out in his old school thugonomics gimmick uh you word know life. yeah word life right <laughs> with the big chain around his neck with the lock on it he comes into the ring and basically busts, a, well, not really a freestyle, but an acapella rap uh, in which he says things like, If you forget your lines, rock, it's all in the wrist. Um, you may be G.I. Joe this summer, but tonight you're G.I. Joke. Uh, this, is, uh, this is
2: a question I have. Does, does John Cena actually have a lack of testicles? Is this an actual thing? Because it's gone beyond just you know, joking about someone, oh,
1: you've got no balls. They're being so specific that I think, did he have them removed or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Eddie Phoenix, Sam, if you're aware of that, let us know. You have the inside track on these kinds of things. Yeah, you're yeah, on the case. You let us know if Cena has balls or not. Because <laughs> he is completely playing along at this point. Yeah, yeah, I don't have balls. I get it. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, like, it's gotten kind of to the stage where it's like, yes, I, Jonathan Cena, might not have testicles, but in fact, I will. Like, it's, it's that, it's way too... Um, just uh, he's saying it too much or something and they're and they're they're saying it in too many, too many pl- in in plain English too many times,
1: you as opposed w- to just being some sort of throwaway insult. You wouldn't be saying that this whole programme is getting a little bit too repetitive, would you, Fitzy? Not in the slightest. No,
2: not not at all. I'm very excited for the biggest match of all time
1: to, to happen. That's right, which, um, yeah, anyway. Cena uh, also says that tonight he's going to give Rock a Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> that was funny. Now, did you look <laughs> this up on Urban Dictionary like I did? Uh, no, I think
2: Tenacious D helped me with the definition of Cleveland Steamer 10 years ago. Nice. Well, since last week... You know, all I want you to do is... What does is he say? Is that, Um... Is climb up on top of me and squeeze out a Cleveland steamer on my
1: chest. Two, three, four, give it a, No. No right. not a fantasy Steak. No nah, they were alright. They were alright. <laughs> they ashamed. had like one or they had like one or two songs, you know what I mean? They had one great album, I would say, was the first one. Yeah, and then they made a great film, didn't they? Oh no, they didn't. Nah. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, a Cleveland steamer involves the act of wrapping saran wrap or cling film around somebody's face, taking a shit on their face, because the poo would then build up steam on the other side of the saran wrap. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Cena said he's going to do to The Rock on the PG edition of Monday Night Raw. Oh, I thought it was just taking a shit on someone. No, I looked it up, Fitz, and apparently there's a there's a whole different level of shitting on someone. And the Cleveland steamer is an actual thing that, you know, involves the saran wrap and all that.
2: When he, okay, when they said lay it out in my chest, I just seemed, okay, dumping your And I thought the steamer came from the fact that, you know, at least uh, in the words of Richard Pryor, steam, you coming off a of horse shit, Jack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So um, I thought maybe <laughs> that translated into all forms of fecal discharge.
1: Fecal Best line of the podcast so far, fecal discharge. <laughs> um, so he also says, they blanked him out on this, they, they they blocked out the words, but he also calls Rock, he says, I'm Kung Pao Chicken, you're just Miami fried chicken shit. Uh, there was uh, was that the part that they beeped out? There was, a, there was a longer series of words they beeped out at one point, like yeah. maybe three or four in a row. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, the only part I noticed on the take that I watched was the Miami Fried Chicken shit piece. Um, right. So that's basically, you know, he did a good job. I mean, he he had people doing the O face, you know, the face when you hear a really good rap line. Yeah, uh, the O snap face. Yeah, the O snap face. He had people happy that he com- he talked about the Cleveland Steamer and all the Cleveland people were like, That's named after us, Yeah! A, que- a questionable honor if ever there was one. Yeah, that's that's right He walks out of the ring scene is done They show a video teasing that taker and HPK will be face-to-face tonight And then I thought one of the best moves of the entire night was to have Vicky Guerrero start speaking before the Undertaker's music was finished Because <laughs> she got heat for that Yeah it also gave you the, um, the the
2: hilarious insight into the possible hypothetical universe where Vicky Guerrero plays the Undertaker <laughs> if there are infinite worlds as some people hypothesize there's one where Vicky is the Undertaker that's, rest that's one p-
1: in peace <laughs> excuse me
2: can you imagine her fucking tombstone and some bastard <laughs> she did a pretty good job on Eddie
1: didn't she Oh an edge. Ooh. Oh I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should leave that one in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so killing husband, okay, um ending the career but still alive of, of a Canadian, not good, no? No, exactly. Now you know where the fucking line
1: is, okay? Okay, yeah, <laughs> the line cannot be crossed. <laughs> exactly. So Vicky brings down Delph Ziggler. Did you get to read what his shirt said this week? No. <laughs> the back of his ass says, even though his character is now the show off his t shirt says it's not showing off is it not and then on the front is it when you back it up? <laughs> I have no idea all I saw was it's not because he's still wearing he's still wearing it around his arse
2: yeah i don't i don't know why because he's never going to sell them like that I mean. You know, garishly pink shirts could sell if they if they had something funny on them. I mean, it looks kind of vaguely Miami Vice-ish.
1: Yeah, ish. He uh, he's so. actually he's doing a thing on Twitter where the first X amount of people at each show to buy that shirt get a meet and greet with him. Okay. Oh, cool. So that's you know at least he's trying to like at least he's on his own trying to sell shirts. You gotta you gotta give him that. Um,
2: I, I like. Geez, I like the guy. One of the better parts of the
1: show, watching him wrestle. Yeah, it's true, and we better get we better like him because in a couple of years, I have a feeling he's going to be one of them. You know, he's going to be one of the guys in all the big programs and everything. Because who else do they really have?
2: Jack Swagger.
1: Jack Swagger, <laughs> the all-American American, <laughs> with his howdy-doody haircut. Oh, it was Sam actually referred to as Ron Burgundy here. Yeah, that's that's well well done for Sam. So um, so now Sam, maybe we should just do that right now because Sam hashtag Eddie Phoenix, he's a damn fine individual. He is damn fine. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, thank you. And uh, as you, as you guys would have heard from the beginning of this show, uh, when we started Smart Marks, we had Mick Foley on with us. Well, you know, with us, I can say that because he was on the podcast. Of course. And uh, this week, who joined us on the podcast, Fitzy? Nothing but, n- no less than the excellence of execution. That's right, Brett the Hitman Heart. So, our uh, our good friend Sam finds Eddie Phoenix, just got a chance to meet Brett the Hitman Heart, and used a part of that time to get a promo for one of his favorite podcasts, the podcast network Smart Marks. How nice of him was that? It was awesome. I kind of jumped
2: around my room listening to the Brett Hart theme after I heard it on Saturday morning. <laughs>
1: Yes, as did I. I was at work and we put it through the speakers in the store, his promo and his music. (laughs) Nice. What an excellent day that was. Um, But yeah, uh, so Sam, thank you very much for that. Uh, I can't really express enough how much that meant to me to hear that that, that email. And obviously uh, Fitzy felt the same way because he danced around his room. So we are forever Uh indebted to you, Sam.
2: Absolutely. I ended up spending like a good half hour watching matches of his afterwards. I just love that one against the Bolsheviks. I know it's a squash match, but it's probably the best squash match in history. Yeah. You you know the one where he counts out the fucking, the three count as it's happening? (laughs) Almost like a fuck you to the artificiality of wrestling to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the bomb I remember seeing at the time going that is fucking cool for all the r- it's cool in the same way Bayor running to the Arsenal end to celebrate his goal where Man
1: City is cool <laughs> yeah. just, it's just being a shithead in a cool way I love that <laughs> or Gary Neville running to the Liverpool fans <laughs> yeah exactly and then saying like I didn't think there was anything wrong with that I was just happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Sam, you're our boy. We are forever indebted to you. And uh, essentially, I believe that Fitzy, myself, and Sam are all going to sit down to review a certain WrestleMania. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, hopefully that's that's. Um, I I may have said that to him on,
2: on Saturday night. I don't remember because I'm, as I said, I was a little tipsy when I was speaking to him. <laughs> yes, I
1: think what you agreed to was that we we're going to do. Uh, I believe it was WrestleMania 14. So 17, maybe, was it? Yeah, 17 was which match? What was the big match at 17? Rock Austin. Yeah, so that was the one, I believe, then, yes. Yeah, it's my favorite
2: pay-per-view ever.
1: Okay, so yeah, because I had said maybe we should do Royal Rumble 1992.
2: Right, well, if that's... See, I I was saying, I presume if we're doing... I don't know why we're talking about this on mic, but (laughs) um, (laughs) but we'll do like a back-and-forth of choices of pay-per-views.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But um, I think JJ was interested as well. Excellent yeah I think he did mention to me that he was interested So that sounds good we'll get off that now So the people at home aren't like white noise <laughs> Basically that was A 10 minute way to say thank you to Sam um, yeah. So Dolph Ziggler The show off comes to the ring because he has A match against I can't remember, That's... <laughs> <laughs> I, love I, remember. I love that you said that because it was Sheamus
2: okay fair enough. there we go all i remember is that he got a zigzag on him but he didn't pin him with it
1: no uh so your your man sheamus is going to take him on best part of this match was in the crowd i'm looking at it right now there was a sign that said kick his arse fella but arse <laughs> is spelt wrong how do they spell it a r or or as you would say a r s s I do
2: say r though, due to my years of working in a in a British um, director of inquiries, and they all thought I was saying the letter o when I was saying or, so I had
1: to tr- force myself to say r. Oh, so it's your other guy, the other Irish that says or. <laughs> the other Irish, yeah. <laughs> I only know I only know three of you, so you can get lumped in.
2: It's cool. True, true. But um, I, I, I've, I had, I found my own um, hilarious signage this week. I don't know. I can't remember when it was, but I even took a screen grab of it. First of all,
1: Karma the wrestler—does she spell it without a H? I without a H or? or I think or in, K- in WWE they spell it with an H because they started as the word harm and then molded that logo into Karma. Okay, because someone had a sign that said,
2: and I quote: K R A M A. As in, Kramer ate my hoski. <laughs> <laughs> <don't know. laughs> oh,
1: wrestling fans are so cool.
2: I mean, I can understand uh, misspelling and even, you know, dyslexia and stuff, but not when you're not writing the thing. You have to construct these letters and carefully glue them together. Would you not stop at one point and ask someone else to spell check it for you? Evidently not. <laughs>
1: I guess I that's get, not how they roll, okay, Fitzy? I want to get a t-shirt for that now. Kramer, my hoesky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have a t-shirt contest for t-shirts with any misspelled signs. Yeah. Oh, there was another one. Um, God, I,
2: I have it screen grabbed as well. I'm going to have to find, get, it, get it for you for later. Yeah. Um, yeah, hang um, on. You right. keep talking.
1: I'm- okay, so as this match goes on, they show us that Daniel Bryan is watching in the skybox, which is always a nice touch. I like that they do these different little twists sometimes. Uh, Sheamus took a really bad bump on the outside into the announce table, uh, and his, yes, he did. His was- back was instantly like swelling, like welling up, and had marks all over it. Smart marks all over it. Smart marks all over it. Boosh, um, I thought I, you could tell right away because as soon as he hit the ground, he sold in a way that he's never sold before. Where he had yeah, this cr- you mean he actually looked hurt? Yes, exactly what I <laughs> meant. He had this grimace look on his face. He arched his back, and I was like, uh oh. And that that nick on his back did not look pretty. No. At all. Uh, this match uh, ended sort of lacklusterish, and uh, the burial of Dolph Ziggler continues as Seamus picks up the win. Of course, I understand that three weeks from Mania, you can't have your number one contender lose, but Dolph Ziggler has been losing for weeks now.
2: I don't, and three, you say three weeks from Mania, you can't have him lose, but at the same time, three weeks from Mania, you should be more directly having him involved with his opponent.
1: Yeah, definitely. But then again, the, three weeks from Mania, they could also do what they're doing with The Rock right now. That's true, so I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, I guess we'll get into that. Hope you guys are ready for me to be a little bit upset later. <laughs> I'm sure they're used to it. Oh, here, to Oh, here
2: it is, here it is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this is from a few weeks ago. Um, it was a guy holding a sign saying "The Celtic Warrior end the Barrett Barrage," but they spelt Barrage, B A R A D G E.
1: <laughs> no wrestling fans, <laughs> hallelujah! It's uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, they have a video now where they announce a twelve-man tag match at WrestleMania called it, just saying, I called this, right, weeks ago. He did say team on team. Um, I thought it would just be
2: Teddy and Santino versus Otunga and, um, and Laurinaitis, but I suppose it makes more sense to do the team on team because then they can bundle in all of the
1: talent they're not using. Yeah, evidently 12 of them. But not, and still no Miz. <laughs> still, well, I will get to that too. I think they got something big. I think they got something big planned for the Miz. Yeah, there's some rumors floating around of it, yeah. kind of it. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, so we, of course, at WrestleMania, we're going to have Team Ace versus Team Teddy Long. Uh, captained uh, for Team John Laurinaitis is David Otunga. Captain for Team Teddy Long is Santino Marella. Uh, the winner, the winner will take control of both shows. So that's the general manager sorry I, I said that in a really weird way I'm not sure why the winning general manager his winning team will earn him the right to run both shows Smackdown and Raw and they then show a replay because apparently these guys had a match on Smackdown the other day see
2: I can't um. I can't see Teddy Long's team winning this because John Laurinaitis is the biggest heel the company has at the moment. So I'm guessing it's going to be more that Teddy Long's going to retire from traveling week to week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In order to get his, you know, faux Vince McMahon persona cemented. They'll make him just a general manager in general.
1: Yeah, I think you're right for sure. Uh, It doesn't make any sense to have Teddy win.
2: I don't know who the fuck they're going to fill with Teddy's team. like They've got four guys, to four faces to put on
1: from SmackDown. Yeah, but they're, they're mixing the SmackDown and Raw thing, as we'll see, because they're not keeping it Trouble Team Raw versus point. Team SmackDown. Good point. I was kind of half worried we'd have to have Yoshitatsu in a WrestleMania match. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <are> so, <laughs> they announce a mixed tag team match with the US champ Santino Marella and Aksana against Otunga and a mystery partner. Otunga comes out and is dripping in baby oil as always and posing down like he's fucking Ireland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he doesn't come out with a diva. They then announce, "You know what? Actually no, it's going to be a handicap match. It's going to be David Otunga against or David Otunga and Mark Henry against Santino Morella. In what universe is that a fair match in any way whatsoever?
2: I love the subtle undertones of misogyny though. Um when they assume that a woman being on your team is a handicap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they eliminated her from the match, though, didn't they? Yeah, well, no. Teddy Long just came out and did the whole um, chivalrous thing and kind of, you know, walked her away like the like the silly little puppy she is. Yeah, silly little I, bitch. And then I think he uh, just became black on black crime because uh, Kofi ran out. They beat the shit out of him. Then fucking Kay Quick came out. They beat the or Sour Truth. <laughs> sorry. How do I how am I not used to that yet? Like, I, I never even liked the guy's cake quick. He only ever made
1: an impression of me as our truth and yet still that name. Uh, how do we get used to any of these things? True. To be fair. Uh so they show before the match they show a replay of their cage match from SmackDown, where Vicky <laughs> lost Swagger the match by slamming the cage door on his head. That was nice of her. It was very nice of her. Uh, and who won this match? Oh yeah. It was,
2: it was oh sorry, that you're done with it. yeah.
1: Mark Henry and David Otunga squashed him, of course. Um, um
2: yeah but um, strangely I don't think Mark Henry was tagged in. No. I mean was it was it a, was it a handicap tag match or was it just well, you see they were pretending it was a tag match because Mark Henry was still standing on the outside of the ropes.
1: Yeah, then, you know, I lost touch I lost touch with it because they the camera just kept focusing on Teddy Long and Johnny Ace having a fight on the outside. So yeah. I, I didn't see any tags. I didn't see much of the match at all because they didn't show us very much. Fucking either
2: Teddy Long has
1: the strongest arms in the world, or John Laurinaitis has the
2: center of gravity of a baby giraffe. Oh yeah, how bad that was a f- that was an awful bump. Awful. But like they, th- that's like the third week in a row that a simple prod has pushed him to the ground,
1: like a <laughs> like an abused wife in the kitchen. Like it's. Yeah, t- this was the worst one though. Teddy Teddy Long gives him a shove, and he literally flew across that. He he flew so ter- hard. Teddy Long gave him such a light shove that certain bad words would have
2: been more powerful. Like, yeah, this was this was a this was a you know Simpsons moment. Gonna win something this season. Gonna try eh, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> with the Springfield Isotopes. It but, literally, uh, it literally, and then Michael Cole, get over here, doctor. He's hurt. <laughs> this is how bad it was
2: when that was happening I thought Michael Cole forgot to be healed because I'd forgotten about the Laurinaitis push so I was like <laughs> why does he care that uh, Well, again why does, why does he care that Ron Killings is hurt and I was like oh okay he's done with Laurinaitis <laughs> just it's completely
1: slipped my mind within what 30 seconds yeah and let us not miss out on another fine flub by John Laurinaitis saying I'm still the GM of Monday Raw
2: Yeah, well, he always does that. Like
1: he he forgets to say certain words the way I
2: forget to write them sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes sometimes my brain works faster than my hand does. Don't say that's what she says, and and like I'll be like I went to I went shops today. You know, instead of I went to the shops today. Right, he does that with his fucking mouth. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, and you didn't. You don't do it in front of millions. And Uh, millions of people. Yeah, of course. Um, So my guesstimate, well, they announced basically it's Otunga and Mark Henry on uh, John Laurinaitis' team. I'm assuming that Kofi and R-Truth, K-Quick, will be written into the match as well. So right now we've got Santino, Kofi and R-Truth versus Otunga and Mark Henry and more names to be added. It's going to be such a shit match. Yeah, it really is. They're just trying to get them all on there for the money. They're all just trying to get them all at WrestleMania Payday. Uh, and they're not keeping brand, obviously. They're mixing their brands around SmackDown guys with Raw guys. They also need to get the word Super Show. When the, yeah. When
2: the new, we always consider the new season, or me and my friends do anyway, to be like Backlash Onwards. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so for, for for this new season, if you will, they need to just stop with the super show bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Just, just go back to pre um, pre draft. Pre-splitting of brands and just Raw and SmackDown—they're just two shows,
1: but you don't need to fucking do that shit anymore. No, exactly. Yeah, you can have the separate. You can have the separate shows. You can have the crews touring it twice. You know that's why they like it because they can be in two cities at once on regular nights. Exactly. Uh, but you don't need to be on brand for that. You could—they switch around all the time anyway. I don't know why it really matters the branding thing. It doesn't. Uh, but I also I'm like you. I consider I think even WWE does. The WrestleMania is your season finale. Yes, of course. And then Monday, the raw after is basically your new season starts because they start to set things up, you know, right away.
2: Yes, well, either either that or it's the it's the twist ending to the season finale, <laughs> like when Triple H turned on um, the Rock
1: and went with Austin and Vince after WrestleMania. Yes, exactly. Uh, they show us a clip of The Miz because he is a guest star this week on Psych. The only. Which is a really bad show, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, <laughs> I haven't. Have you seen it? Yeah.
2: It's really formulaic crap. I mean, some I've heard some people say they like it, but it's the kind of thing that just makes my blood boil. It's um, just well, it's like the Gilmore Girls, where they all talk too fast. Right. <laughs> you know, like they're all they're all they're not talking; they're reciting lines. Right. And that, yeah, yeah. That really okay. annoys me in TV shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, fair play to the Miz. I kind of like the. Obviously, I do like the guy, but um, you know, it's not it's not exactly the prestigious thing that they made out to be. But then again, that all bleeds into the whole propaganda WWE crap again. It's the greatest show in the world because one of our guys was on it. <laughs>
1: yeah, they've had quite a few of their guys on it, haven't they? Uh, I don't know. It's the first time I've ever seen Psych mentioned on WWE. Yeah, the other the the black guy from Psych was a guest host last year sometime. He was awesome with Charlie on West Wing. Yeah, and I think Big Show did a guest spot on Psych. I may be wrong. Sam, if you look that up for us,
2: it would be an awkward um, duo to have to frame up in a in a camera shot. <laughs> Is your man from Psych? I can't remember the guy's name now. Dule Hill, that's his name. Um, and and Big Show. Because is not the tallest motherfucker in the world. No. <laughs> so there are all these mad wide and far
1: away shots of them just discussing things just so they can both be in frame. It would be the and same as Back to the Future with Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Yes, exactly. I'm sure they did shots, didn't they, where Michael J. Fox had to stand on a box? Um, Enough about his love life. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he makes a really good margarita.
2: Oh, dude. <laughs>
1: So the best part of this clip, That's I know, I, too far for me, is the MJ hate. No, but I love I, lo- I love uh, Michael J. Fox, and he made that joke himself on Letterman once. Does that make it better?
2: Yeah, okay, that makes it better.
1: Good. All right. So uh, the best part of that clip was that in the show, Miz has named his left and right fist Federico and Pepe. Did, Jesus! Did they? When, when did he say that? That was uh, that's in the Psych show, and in the clip, of okay. Psych, that's what he says. I did fast forward it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also then wrote down that uh the word of the day is attitudinal because attitudinal. Cole keeps saying wasn't that rap just so attitudinal?
2: If I was if I was WWE, I would not be trying to um I wouldn't be trying to remind people too much of the attitude era when when what they're making is what's on offer.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either.
2: Like, don't, don't, don't shit in someone's face. But if you're gonna shit in someone's face, don't
1: talk to them about that time you gave him a million quid once. If you're gonna shit in their face, at least wrap their face in Saran wrap first. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of shit, we now have divas time, so we get a clip of the divas on extra. <coughs> Fast and then, forward,
2: and then we have some really f- fucking shitty thing with Beth Phoenix. And
1: Zack Ryder and Eve, yeah.
2: Yeah. Why did they make Zack Ryder come out all fucking I will survive last week and then just completely uh,
1: remove his testes again? I don't know. And apparently his broken back or hurt back, neck, whatever, it's all healed now. Yeah. Three weeks and he's healed. That's, I'm telling you, he's Wolverine. Yeah, he did hang out with, he did did hang out with fucking Hugh, uh, Hugh Laurie, Hugh Grant. What the fuck's his name? (laughs) Hugh Jackman? <laughs> that would have been a very different franchise if Hugh Laurie played Wolverine. Or, or Hugh, even uh, Hugh, whatever his name is, the other that one I just said. Even Fry would have been Sabretooth. <laughs> now that's an X Men I could have gotten behind. Yep. Uh, basically, they announced that Eve, and, or Eve asked Zach Ryder, she says, let's just be friends with benefits. What benefits? Well, I guess in my world, friends of benefits means we're not going to date, but we're going to fuck.
2: Well, I know what it means, but I'm saying with that, that bitch gets more horsey looking every week to me.
1: I know. She's getting uglier. It's that. I'm telling you, it's the Armenian in her. <laughs> As you're saying, she, she's she's very equine. Yes. In, in. She's gross. It's, like, it's hello, my name is Mr. Eve, et uh, so basically then Beth Phoenix talks about how she's going to go to Extra and pay a visit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and uh, you could tell that she didn't give a fuck when she was saying it. No, not at all. The, I don't they even know why they bother with the Divas.
2: Neither do I, to be honest. I don't know I mean, I know that probably makes me sound like a piece of shit or whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there was a, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember, did I even care when it was, like, I watched Molly Holly wrestle. I watched China wrestle to a lesser extent Trish Stratus, like Trish Stratus was the, was the the low end of quality, and when I'm talking about quality, I mean the actual ability to wrestle, like Trish Stratus used to be the, the base, and now she's considered a great wrestler because of people like the fucking Bella Twins and shit, but back in the day, I would have watched Molly Holly wrestle because she could take a bump, and she could throw a few moves together, and as my friend Barry would have said, she had an ample caboose, <laughs> <laughs> So, like, there was some—at least, you
1: know—it was—it wasn't quite, quite to get a beer match that it is now. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. And it's not really—it's not a sexist thing. I don't care that they're women. I care that they can't wrestle. They don't give them enough time to do anything, and they don't give them good storylines.
2: You see, they—they—they they, they, they suffer because of being women in the in such in, in the in the way that they're getting hired. Because they're good looking women. Like you you would never have that with ma- male wrestlers like John Laurinaitis or whoever is actually in charge of that kind of thing. They wouldn't just hire pretty boy model guys who had no idea how to wrestle because that's not marketable. But they think that all the guys in the audience want is a piece of ass to look at. So they don't bother hiring someone who's able to wrestle. Like I'm pretty sure AJ is actually pretty is a pretty good
1: wrestler, isn't she? Well, yeah, they have a couple of good. I mean, they got rid of Gail Kim for fuck's sake. Gail Kim was pretty good. Yeah, she she was. was, She's she's better than some of the dudes that are wrestling now. Absolutely. So the fact Um, that you could have had Gail Kim, Beth Phoenix, Natalia, and Karma in the same women's division—that could have been a fucking good WrestleMania match. Exactly, and even Natalia—they're burying her with the fart gimmick. Really? That, that's
2: baffling to me.
1: You're going to give Natalia the fart gimmick yet at Wrestlemania we're going to have to watch Eve versus Kelly Kelly and we all know I love Kelly Kelly, but you obviously don't want me to give a shit about the Diva's Division because you're burying the only Divas who can wrestle.
2: Yeah, true. And you're giving them a belt that's shaped like a butterfly.
1: Oh. <sighs> yeah, and I mean <laughs> even the word diva. You know you're, yeah. t- you're telling me to not take it seriously because you're calling it the Diva's Division. True. I mean, I don't know how serious I'm supposed to take it. I know they I know the girls want to be wrestlers and they want to work hard, but it just doesn't work for me on any level other than the fact that some of them are hot.
2: But they're not wrestlers, Matt. They're superstars and divas. That's right. Hello, we're divas.
1: Sports entertainment. <laughs> oh fuck me. So yeah, that's 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 how I feel about the divas, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we now have uh, Johnny Ace. Pardon me. Nice, nice. We now have Johnny Ace on the telephone. That was frothy. <laughs> Thank you. He's, you know, uh, <laughs> that was the contents of a cappuccino coming up through his throat right there. Mm-mm-mm, good, ladies, <laughs> as you would say on your show, ladies, ladies. You know, I when I listen to you guys do that, I, I started doing it at work recently now, and people just stare at me because they don't listen to Cabin Fever. <laughs> so they'll be like, "Oh, it's so it's so hairy though," and I'll be like, "Ladies, and that's they're like,
2: definitely." What? That's definitely Aaron's influence. That's his version of Ed. That's what she said. It's anything remotely disgusting. Ladies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I like that a lot, actually.
2: Um, he actually got it from... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Um, very um, deadpan comedian. Plays piano and guitar. Dimitri Martin. Okay. He went. Out, I think he said you can make anything sound sleazy by adding ladies to it afterwards. Ladies. Ladies. Yeah, exactly. He does a lot of things like, you know, you know. don't forget to carry the two after doing your long division, ladies. Like, yeah.
1: anything. <laughs> <laughs> ladies. <laughs> uh, so now we got Ace on the telephone talking to somebody, one of the board of directors, apparently. Miz interrupts him. Miz is upset that he's not on WrestleMania. Miz does not want to be a modern-day Paul Orndorf or a King Kong Bundy. You know, because, you know, they just
2: This is the WrestleMania thing you're talking about, where they don't,
1: where they main event one year and don't exist the next. Exactly, I believe like the year after King Kong Bundy wrestled Hulk Hogan in the main event, the next, the next year he was in a match against midget wrestlers, I think.
2: I actually, did I tell you I downloaded an episode of like Worldwide Wrestling Federation from 1977? No. And it's it's the first ever appearance of Peter Maivia. Wow. Uh, and it's actually got midget wrestling in it. It's That's only amazing. forty-five or fifty minutes long, and Vince McMahon presents it like it's a like it's horse racing. That's um, cool. And he's about seven years old. <laughs> That's outstanding. And it is, but they keep calling him Peter Miva. Oh, they uh, they didn't get my via, um correctly. I'm gonna have to try and get, send you a copy of that actually, because uh, yeah, it's it's it's
1: it's a delightful kind of museum piece. <laughs> Sounds interesting. You know what doesn't sound interesting is what I'm about to read to you because Johnny Ace is talking and uh, Miz comes in with James Roday from Psych and uh, basically he's complaining that he's not on Mania. He's saying I won last year in the main event. Why aren't I on this year? I like how he's hinting at I won in the main event last year because that's going to lead into my prediction, uh, or everyone's prediction, and the rumor. Um, Ace tells him, "I tell you what, I'll give you a match tonight, and if you win, you can be on Team Laurinaitis at WrestleMania." Excellent, says CM. Uh, says the Miz, "Who's his opponent? CM Punk."
2: And again, they're. In, in so much as you can bury a champion
1: they're kind of burying CM Punk the last two weeks oh he hasn't wrestled in the main event segment he hasn't been in the main, like the last segment of raw in weeks has he It's crazy so uh, the guy's got the fucking strap he's your champion and I and think he's all <laughs> well I think the thing that he did with Jericho would have been a better cliffhanger for an oh fuck moment than what they actually ended raw with true. With fucking, uh, fucking fluffed lines and Queen and Queen's worst song. Yeah, we'll get into that. So basically, he's going to take on CM Punk tonight. Uh, James Roday had a good little throwaway line. I don't know if you caught it. When Miz left the room, James Roday said, Yeah, you will get old up, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy that actually. That was good, and uh, uh, he was—he was—he he was actually pretty good backstage, which goes to show that, um, behind the scenes bits would be better if they had actual actors involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was actually really good as a ring announcer too. Yeah, he was natural, and he was kind
2: of funny, and you know, he had timing backstage. And then when he got on on stage, he was like completely comfortable. Then again, he probably couldn't wrestle for shit, so you know, there's a trade-off.
1: Yeah, he could be but a diva. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They give us a video clip, and you know who's up next? I got excited for this. This is my only pop of the night. <coughs> Brodus
2: Clay. Oh right, I thought you were going to say something else. Yes, I did get
1: genuinely excited. That's right. As they go to commercial, they promise us that Brotus Clay is up next, and we're going to take a slight moment here, Fitzy, for the listeners at home, and we're going to play the Brotus Clay theme song. Somebody call my mama.
0: It's about to get funky up in here.
2: situation in life and it would make the situation better even at a fucking
1: funeral (laughs) actually I I might want that song played at my funeral it may replace Big Papa which is the song on my list right now yeah I I saw you saying that the other day the your hands in the air if he's a true player and all that yeah wouldn't that be great at a funeral Matt Lees was a miserable son of a bitch he never accomplished anything in his life and he wanted this played at his funeral I love it when you call me Big Papa (laughs)
2: You see, it doesn't work quite for me because it's not—it's not ridiculously happy enough to be an ironic choice, and then it's just a bit weird.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, the best choice for that would it be Yakety Sax. It,
2: it is vaguely memorial that that song.
1: Yeah, I guess it is because he's passed. Must
2: indeed, exactly, indeed. But um, Yakety Sax is not too obvious as well. It's a great piece of music, but that'd be more—you uh, should play that when someone's getting born. <laughs> 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 or married, yeah, or married too. Married works, um, but funeral. God, I, I've got a few choices. Like I, I remember the, the 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 most popular one when I was growing up was like you know the, all the, the emo kids were like I want, I want Street Spirit played at my funeral. I was like fuck off, don't rain, don't ruin a great Radiohead song by having
1: to make people think you're dead ass when you play that maudlin shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you know we probably should it- we probably shouldn't get into Radiohead on this podcast. Oh, why not? Uh, I like the fact that you somewhat respect me.
2: Oh, okay. You're not a fan. That's fine. I mean, I don't... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I fucking hate Radiohead. <laughs>
2: okay. And that's... the only
1: thing I hate more than Radiohead is their fucking fans. I just feel bad for you, really, I guess. <laughs> oh, Radiohead are so great, man. They're so deep. They're just... They're so
2: awesome. I mean, they're known as as Lopy or Ed Sheeran,
1: but they're, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're no Somebody Call My Mama, thank you very much. That's true, that's true. So we're going to throw a trivia question out, and I know it's going to be Sam that's going to email the answer, unless you know what it is. Who else in the WWE has used the entrance song, Somebody Call My Mama? I know the guy, um, I know
2: it was at a Royal Rumble, and his name's Cat something, I can't remember. See, I can't remember his name either, which is
1: why I'm throwing it out there as a question.
2: I saw him uh, as an announcer. Um, sorry, as, as a kind of a um, commentator rather, at some weird non WWE uh, traveling wrestling show, and I can't think of the name of it now. It, it had like Booker. It had Booker T's brother on it, but he still entered to Booker T's theme because Booker T was huge at the time because it was just after the invasion, right? And your man, cat, whatever the fuck. Um, with the, he's got the weirdest cheekbones ever, that dude. He looks like a fucking 80-year-old woman with really bad plastic surgery.
1: So yeah, um, if you know who that woman is with bad plastic surgery, <laughs> legend in my podcast at gmail.com Maybe there'll be a prize in it for you. Probably not, though. No. <laughs> Just being honest. Unless it's I'm, Sam, and then the prize is my love. Our love and respect is all the prize you should need. That's right, (laughs) listeners. Did you hear that? So after 10 minutes of a break because of that song, we're back for Brodus Clay. Uh, First, they show us Jinder Mahal. Did you know Jinder Mahal has a new gimmick in which he takes off his turban and he puts it in a glass case? Oh, he's been doing that for at least two months. Oh,
2: has he? Uh, at least a month, anyway. Yeah, like I, I've, I, I know exactly why you don't know that because you do exactly what I do during those fights. But the reason I didn't is because he came out first. So I always wait and see who he's fighting. Right. Because if it's Seamus, I know it'll just be him getting the shit kicked out of him. So I'm like, I'll watch Jinder Mahal getting the shit kicked out of him by Seamus any day. But if it's actually someone he, I think he can beat, I'll skip.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? All it, all my wrestling knowledge leads me to believe that this match between Jinder Mahal and Brodus Clay is going to be a fair, well-fought competitive wrestling match. Yeah? Yes, sir. I've been watching wrestling my whole life, and this is my prediction. So Brodus Clay comes down to the ring with his two dancers, one of which, by the way, is a former loser on the Tough Enough show. I don't know.
2: I don't know who I like more, um, the Funkasaurus or the ladies he brings out with him. Quite frankly, ladies, they're half the interest. They are indeed. He uh, he was able
1: to get his pants off on time this time.
2: I'm still not convinced that he did because I think it's the stomp that the explosion's meant to happen at.
1: Right, so he's getting it all wrong still. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, He wasn't as smiley this time. He wasn't as goofy. I noticed that some of the things were gone, like the, should I get him? And also,
2: um, he's definitely been given dancing lessons because the powers that be
1: realized that he has the worst rhythm of all time. Yeah, exactly. And I know that Vince McMahon, I say I know like I know, but apparently Vince McMahon was not impressed with his in-ring work either.
2: Really? Well, how could he be? There was nothing to be impressed with. No, especially not tonight. Two moves. Although I will say, because and the only reason I kind of noticed the difference was because Mark Henry did a big splash um, on. I think it was our uh, truth. I had to stop myself saying "K, quick" there again. Um, But he did it and it was really pathetic because it was was so obvious he just landed on his knees and then lowered his chest onto R-Truth as opposed to, you know, at least make it look like there's some kind of impact. But um, Brodus Clay actually gave a a decent jump and a good belly splash onto Jinder It looked like, you know, as far as that basic move can look good, it looked good.
1: Yeah. So it was a 20 second squash match in which Brodus Clay defeated Jinder Mahal, and everyone came in. the The chicks came in and they danced. Do you think Brodus Clay is going to get himself a WrestleMania spot? Um, it'll be the first. It'll be like you know, not, it'll be like the middle
2: match. It'll be the other divas match. You know, like the way it was it? Um, was it elimination chamber or Royal Rumble where he came in and destroyed um. I keep saying Cameron McIntosh in my head. Drew McIntyre? Drew McIntyre.
1: Drew McIntosh? Not in, fact, not, in fact, the producer of Les Miserables. <laughs> um, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You can't be referencing Les Miserables on a wrestling podcast. What are you doing to me? I'm a many, many faceted individual, sir. <laughs> yes, but not on this show. You're not. You're a mark. Okay. Don't be bringing your intelligence here. Who do you think you are? Intelligence? <laughs> Listen, we're, we're we're going out to wrestling fans, okay? You got to bring That's- it down a notch. That's the second
2: time in my life. As much and all as I love it, it's probably as tabloid theatre as you can get. Um, we I used to live with an Australian guy who told myself and my friends Shona and Sonia that they hadn't that they weren't classy because they'd never seen Les Mis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God! In our world, you're not classy if you haven't seen Royal Rumble '92. Okay, fair enough. You've seen Royal Rumble '92, right?
2: Uh, I, yes. No, almost certainly but I don't remember them by year that much is this the one where Flair wins that's right and may I say woo <laughs> the way he came in first uh third third okay and Heenan all the way through was like that's not know, f- fair to Flair
1: yeah <laughs> it's not fair to Flair
2: I only rewatched that recently because a friend of mine um Finn he's also a big wrestling fan um he sent me a youtube link to it because he was like you have to start watching all the old royal rumbles in in preparation for every new year's royal rumble (laughs) that's his like little his little procedure he watches like four or five of them to get get it get in the mood
1: i do the same thing cool i have have the box set. i have every royal rumble ever and i usually watch through a bunch of them before royal rumble time (coughs) nice so maybe before royal rumble time next year we'll do a bunch of reviews of royal rumbles sounds good uh, what doesn't sound good, uh, although I thought it was going to be great, was up next, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, is going to call The Undertaker out to the ring, and they're going to have a thing face-to-face. Dun-dun-dun! And what did I do? I started surfing Facebook. Not good, man. So
2: basically... I least they're, 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 didn't fast-forward, so if anything had actually hit, you know, if any fit had hit the sham, so to speak... I would have been there for it, but I just—you've no idea, man. It's like it's like it, it must be how Superman feels when he's in, in front in the presence of Kryptonite. It just drains me to look at that man.
1: Yeah, it's right. Dra- this was a rough segment for sure.
2: You got it. Like, why did he did he pray when he first came out this this week? uh yeah, he does. You mean Michaels? Yeah, you the Undertaker ain't going to be crossing himself. You never <laughs> know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he like, actually got down on his knees and like looked like he gave a proper you know chicharito fucking prayer type dealy. He usually
1: does. I didn't maybe I didn't notice it last week because of the old man shimmy. Could have been. Yeah, that might have distracted you. Uh, basically, they start to discuss Triple H versus The Undertaker, Hell in the Cell at WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. They show a replay of Triple H calling Shawn Michaels a loser. Uh, Michaels goes on to say, 20 plus years in the same locker room. We didn't always see eye to eye, but we at least respected each other. I can't believe you talked behind my back. They I then- can't believe you it- my back. Yeah, and then they do five minutes of you're insecure. No, you're insecure. No, you're insecure. No, you're, you're insecure. In- you're way more insecure than me. You're way more insecurist than me. <laughs> Rest in peace. You're, you're insecure times infinity. <gasps> you bastard. <laughs> uh, basically, Taker will accept the outcome either way at WrestleMania. First time I've ever heard him sort of admit that he might not win. Um, he says as long as the t- as long as the match is pure, if HBK affects the outcome, Taker will end him. Uh, so t- as, long as, match, as long as the match doesn't have sex before marriage, he'll be okay with it. Absolutely, <laughs> and. Uh, Since it's my- and he's born again. That's not going to happen. No. Taker then goes on to basically announce that he's going to be 21, 20 days late for Wrestlemania. Who said that? Taker, because he says on April 21st. <laughs> Taker, Wrestlemania is on the 1st. It's your one match of the year, dude. Motherfucker. It's, yeah, Can you imagine if he wasn't the Undertaker? They'd be like, really? Once yeah. a year this motherfucker gets to say a date and he fucked it up. So yeah, April 21st is not WrestleMania, Undertaker. It's the first. Maybe he's got some big real estate deal on the 21st, and that was on his mind. Actually, it's funny because I looked up April 21st, and that is the date of the next big UFC fight. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's probably more interested in watching that than performing in
2: this. This shit match, yeah, exactly. Um still stand by the fact that the match itself will be great. And even Shawn Michaels' involvement in it will be great. Because it will be it'll it adds an extra layer of, you know, what the fuck's going to happen? Will they become DX, etc., etc. But the, the build-up, I just... Don't. You see, I'm already there, excitement-wise, for the match. I don't need to be fucking told about it anymore No, it, yeah. it, it'll be a spectacle in and of itself because of the greatness of the two guys performing but they are too old for me to care about any fucking story bullshit anymore
1: no exactly we don't need to see it you're right we don't need any more of this we just need to the match now
2: <coughs> like they should be They should be given As much airtime to that As they are actually giving To Sheamus versus Brian.
1: Yeah, exactly um, Undertaker, when he said That he'd end Michaels uh, It reminded me of WrestleMania 14 Because the rumor has always been That Shawn Michaels Wasn't happy with Jobbing to Austin And was considering Not doing the job for Austin um, To which Undertaker Had told him that If you don't do that If you don't do the right thing I'll end you Which makes me love him even more yeah, yeah. apparently he was taping up his fists and ready to knock Michaels out, which is well believe.
2: Well, believe it, too, because I'd say Mark uh, has a fucking mean left hook on him.
1: Mean Mark Calloway.
2: <laughs> mean Mark Callas. Calloway. Oh, no, wasn't he called? I know his real name is Mark Calloway, but wasn't he mean Mark Callas in WCW?
1: Oh, maybe it was. That's a whole double meaning I didn't even get. See that? Well done. That's why you're my. That's why you're my right hand man. <laughs> that's why you're the Bobby Heenan of this relationship. No, I'm Bobby the Brian Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, d- d- Michaels then goes on to say, "Imagine if after all this, I'm still the one to end your streak." Ooh. Taker grabs Shawn, says again that he'll end him. And then Michaels backs up for the super kick. And I'm like, oh, he's going to super kick this fuck. He's going to super kick him. He doesn't. He pats Undertaker on the arm and leaves. Bumps into Triple H on the ramp. Triple H gives Shawn, or gives the Undertaker the DX chop. And that's it. The, ch- the crowd is left chanting, triple threat. And now we get your, I guess your main event match. Because we have WWE Champion CM Punk taking on The Miz. That's about it. James, Which was... The- yeah, it was all right. James Orday was your guest announcer. Yeah. He said, Evenly tanned, immaculately manscaped The Miz. <laughs> and uh, then he brought out CM Punk um, to an almost dead crowd. Yeah, they weren't as big on CM Punk this week. Um, Y2J is watching backstage. What? I don't know why they couldn't have put him up in one of the sky booths as well. Here's my thing. Um is the miz from cleveland cuz they gave him two big pops yeah he's from that he's from cleveland yeah
2: okay that would make sense
1: then uh yeah they give him a pretty solid match and again if the miz wins this match he gets to join team lannitis for wrestlemania and after all that build they get the miz to tap to the anaconda vice yeah that was pretty pathetic i mean uh, that they're
2: the way they're booking CM Punk is is dangerously close to Cena levels of of winning all the time now, or winning without any
1: particular difficulty. Yeah, because um, I mean, Miz had some offense, and then Punk just turned around in two seconds and beat him.
2: Yeah, to me, it really it started with the Royal Rumble match where he basically beat Ziggler four times. Um, because that would have been imperfect. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the guy, and as I said, he's probably my after Austin, he's probably my favourite ever. Um, but, the way they, the way they had him beat Ziggler, you know, make him tap or, or be pinned for more than three seconds three times, then that would have been a perfect opportunity for him to lose because then you could have done the whole, I you know, you done me wrong song um, storyline. But they just made Ziggler look weak, basically killing any momentum as a heel that he had. And they kind of stagnated Punk. And he hasn't kind of Kicked out of that, yes. Despite a
1: few good Mike um, promos, yeah, with, it's with Whitey Yeah, it's not good. They get uh, basically Miz get Miz taps out. My th- my problem with that was if you're trying to win for a chance to get into WrestleMania, then why would you tap? They should have had him lose to the GTS or get knocked out. Like him tapping to this just made him look so weak. True. I mean, I know it's a submission hold. I get that part, but he w- WrestleMania was on the line for him, and he taps. Like a bitch. Like a bitch. Um, basically, after the match, we get Y2J. Chris Jericho pops up on the TitanTron, and he maybe says... That's, maybe that's what it means to be Miz. I don't know. Be miserable." Oh, Let's <laughs> see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, Y2J and his pure sarcastic best on the TitanTron saying, Yeah! Congrats on your big win! Yeah! Good job! Uh, he then says he's got okay. a big secret. A big To an episode of Sally Jesse
2: Raphael <laughs> Say that again Which that, Maybe that's Is that a reference That goes over anyone else uh, I said And then it turned into an episode Of Sally Jesse Raphael Ah
1: uh, yes again? it does Yes I got it now The first time you said that It was a little bit uh, Filtered Instead. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's got a big secret, just like, you know, Jerry Springer or Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, Punk, you're straight edge because your dad is a drunk. Alcohol is in your blood. You'll become a drinker and I'll push you over the edge. The pain you feel for wanting to drink can only be soothed by all those tattoos that you get. I think this is a great angle.
2: It's interesting, all right, and it was the first time you actually see Punk's character have any sort of
1: vulnerability yeah exactly and i know i know punk has used this angle before in roh um yeah i actually saw a video of it obviously afterwards you know someone dug it up and put it on youtube against raven yeah and he was using it against raven saying i hate you because you remind me of my father wasn't that what it was yeah and he was like i didn't know it wasn't
2: normal to bring an old style into the bathroom when you went to take a shower and all this I had to look up old style to find out that it was a beer. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
1: uh, thought yeah. It was a gun. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it could be. Um, it was a good angle. It made punk look a little bit human. Um, he sold it really, really well. Looking frazzled. Uh, we move on from yeah. that to. Uh, did you get the ad on the version that you watched? The commercial. Um, remind me. Maybe David Otunga. David Otunga Law
2: Offices. Yes. Is that that can't be legit? That is not some cheap way to make money off of.
1: No, I, I I I I hope it's not, and I assume that it's not. But it basically says if you have Twitter, you have a lawyer in David Otunga. Uh, I'm then wondering if we can tweet him and find out if we can make any money from suing him for being the most boring member of a faction that included Heath Slater. <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> I'm wondering if you if we can make any money on that that fella. Well, I'd like to try, but there was. Excuse me. Oh, sorry for yawning. Um, no, that sums up raw perfectly this week.
2: There, there was a painful sincerity to that segment. Like I, I, I obviously, I leaned more towards the, the 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 thought that it wasn't real. But the way they were selling it was really unsuccessfully uh, executed. If they were trying to make it look like some sort of fun thing, it did look. I mean, it looked too legit for me. Too legit. Too legit to quit. No MC Hammer
1: references are allowed. If I can't do Layme's, you can't do MC Hammer. Fair enough. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> can't touch this. Uh, so next up, they've got another match that we've been all looking forward to, I suppose. Jack Swagger with his Ron Burgundy haircut. Fuck you, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> did he still have? Did he have the Jack Swagger? Did he still have the haircut this week? I didn't notice. Yes, it, it was You see,
2: it wasn't. Like, I think his hair is starting to get used to being in that position, so it didn't look quite as crazed. Uh, right. Like, I think it was the first time he probably combed it to the side five seconds before he went into the ring last week. Yeah. Uh, so it was still there, but it's it it looked a little bit more choir boy than insane 70s television
1: anchor. Absolutely, and that shows you how much attention I paid to this match. Uh, <coughs> nice, as aside, nice to see his opponent, Randy Orton, back, though. As an aside... Running
2: moves really piss me off when the run is completely uh, pointless to the move. Like you know, like a running against the ropes or something. Like the Swagger Bomb to me does not need a run up, right? Because it kills all the momentum. Yeah. <laughs> like the Kofi Kingston uh, punch, I don't know why there's a run needed for that, or even the People's Elbow, I suppose. <laughs> but but the, the, every time you see the Swagger Bomb, it makes it breaks wrestling's. Thin membrane of suspension of disbelief for me. Yeah,
1: and Cena with his, you know, f- his five-finger discount, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> well, yeah, that that, that, that I mean, I, I could never uh, believe anything that he does,
2: really. No. Um, five, The five moves of doom ruined that for me. I just wait for that to happen so that if it's a small match, I know it's over. And if it's a big match and he does the five moves of doom early on, I, th- I know then that I can get a proper match out of him after that.
1: Yeah, you know, a Hogan was another good one for the five moves of Doom, you know? True, but I was
2: six at the time. That's true. <laughs> So I, I never liked Hogan, but I didn't know why at the time.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Randy Orton takes on Jack Thwagle. Uh Basically, this <laughs> is just a build for Randy Orton Kane at WrestleMania, uh, which has now been officially announced. Um, they show a couple of recaps of Kane and Randy Orton doing their back and forth. Pretty quick squash match. Randy Orton wins, and then Kane's pyro goes off, but no entrance from Kane. Uh, they then announced that next week John Cena is going to take on Mark Henry. How excited am I? Woo. Yeah, and it's funny. I don't funny. understand why they would announce that the week before either.
2: It's not even. I, I, I don't know. Is that are they going to try and bleed the Laronitis feud into that? Or, or I mean, what, what what does it serve? You know what I mean to to put him in a match a week before WrestleMania against a guy who's big enough that if he botched it. He'd fuck him up.
1: Yeah, there's nothing in it. It's going to be a two-minute squash match of some kind, I'm sure. Or the match doesn't even happen. There'll be some kind of, I don't know.
2: Like five minutes of doom on Mark Henry? <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they literally just want to put the last nail in his Push's coffin? Maybe that's
1: maybe that's exactly all it is. It's very strange. Um, speaking of nail in the coffin, it's time for the rock concert. Jesus. I wrote down the word boring. Yeah, The Rock comes out and he first announces that we have a record crowd for the WWE in Cleveland. Then he shows us that he has goosebumps, and I wrote down same old shit. And you, know, you know what really pissed me off with
2: this section? I really, really, really like the song Jailhouse Rock, <laughs> and that did not help at all. <laughs> it was it was just a butchery of it. It was awful. Like, it's one of those songs that can get me up in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And and then just, oh, it's awful. Awful,
1: awful, awful. I heard a great analogy for what The Rock is doing recently. I heard it compared to a Big Mac. Okay. Where the buns are just his normal, everyday bullshit that he does every week, and the meat and the sauce are the different things each week. So in this case, he comes out and says, Finally! The rock blah blah. That's your bun. Yeah? Okay. And then he made your joke about it's the teletubby. It looked like a teletubby fucked vanilla ice. That's <sighs> his that's his meat and sauce that week. Which by the way, he also beat that thing to death. Yes, he like, did. He said the joke, then he showed the picture, and then picture. he explained the picture. Picture.
2: Which was, you know, for those in the cheap seats, for Daniel Bryan and AJ, basically. <laughs>
1: it was terrible. And then he explained it. Just so you get it, I'm insinuating that Vanilla Ice got some Teletang and they made John Cena.
2: Well, hold on. You've been doing podcasting enough, Matt, to know that the, the, the basic rule of comedy is that jokes are funnier when you explain them. Oh, are they? Yes.
1: I guess that's where I've been going wrong. Yes trying to be witty that would be your downfall fair enough I'll, I'll keep that in mind when i record with degsy later okay i um, imagine you would explain more to him though than most <laughs> that's why i fed that one to you um so yeah basically back to the sandwich analogy so that's your bun is the finally then you get the new section which is the Telltubbies. that's your meat then you get the millions yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take part <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the middle part of the bun you <laughs> Brick. Uh, and then the next section of meat and sauce is. The Rock has an acoustic guitar, Fitzy.
2: Yes, and he's going to sing some Cleveland rock, I guess.
1: God damn it. So he does a version of, of Jailhouse Rock, but he changes it to because Cleveland rocks. The lyrics have clearly been written to him by Brian, his writer. He's reading them off the thing the whole time, and he sings the same song three times. And plays two chords, maybe? I think it was three, to be fair. As a guitar player, I can't give him total hate. He does play three chords.
2: Okay. But they did sound like Wonderwall changes uh, in that like one finger moves each time. Oh, absolutely. And you know the way. Wonder, you know the way. Wonderwall when you when you play it the way Noel does, it's essentially, um, you know, it's the same fingering. The whole, don't, n- no, that's what she says. But it's. <laughs> <Ladies>. it, <laughs> but, it, but it is a masterclass in minimalist movement. Like if you wanted to save energy and play a song at the same time, you'd play Wonderwall.
1: Yeah, you're
2: not wrong. <laughs> Um and, and and he's and then like some of the chords were interchangeable, like he played the wrong like when you only have to do three chords or as you say three. You should at least remember what which ones to play at which time. Yeah, and he has a big trouble with singing and playing at the same time as well yes i noticed that he went out of rhythm an awful lot and um yeah it was oh it was just awful i'm, I'm glad you agree because i thought i was
1: afraid i was going to come on today and you'd be like oh the rock's finally back or something like that. no <laughs> fuck no he offended me as a wrestling fan because well let's start with the musician part i'm a musician he insulted me as a musician because the song was fucking shit yes it was terrible he didn't even do a good job of it the lyrics were okay but Three times in a row The same song No Just make it one big song And don't stop in between So that the crowd Can blow you a little more And
2: stop saying That they're true stories You're not fucking What's that
1: comedian's name Tom something Who cares And you're also not Fucking seeing his mom Yes um, I'm actually yawning here As I'm thinking about it
2: <laughs> That was a strange one For me as well Like a, a As we were called In Ireland You're my joke. Yeah it's um, sad but yeah, very strange one. I huh. mean, I, I I like the way he you know used like wives and mothers, and yet John Cena was able to do far more damage without getting cheap.
1: Yeah, Cena did it in what thirty seconds, and Rock gave they gave Rock twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's how he offended me as a musician. Here's how he offended me as a wrestling fan, because I've heard this I've heard this attitude already online. I think he's just phoning in at this point. He is riding on the fact that Cleveland is sold out because of me. Mania is going to sell out because of me. Mania is going to do more money than it's ever done because of me. I don't have to put in any effort. That's what this felt like. I
2: agree. Although Jim Ross would not agree with you.
1: He, no. he was on the Legends of
2: Wrestling show recently, and he was like, uh, "I want to talk about the young young guys in the back and the the the, the, the guys on the internet saying you think Rock is phoning it in. The man is a stallion. Like he, he's hilarious. He's like he's a physical man. He's gonna work out five days a week, come out and give it his all every week. It's in his blood. And it's like Jr. Come on, just sell some sauce. Yeah, <laughs> I love Jr. But I don't agree with him on so that point. I. I, I love him, but he he's obviously towing the company line." With regard to that one.
1: Yeah, know? Rock's just phoning it in, for sure. That's what it feels like, anyway. Uh, and if you needed any further proof that Rock wasn't putting his full effort into it, it he came up next. Yeah, he... Oh, it's just... You want to do that? You go ahead. I, it hurts my soul. Well, like, it's... First of all,
2: it's the worst Queen song. Um, it's, 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 it's the idiot's Queen song. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, because they can remember... Uh, like, anyone can remember the words, we will rock you 15 times in a row. Yes, but can Rock remember those words? he cannot remember when to start singing even when there's the biggest karaoke screen in existence it right in front of him he still starts singing on the wrong beat and, and he's he going when you wind your ass day you got and it's not and it's not funny either and they don't focus on the screen enough for you to be able to see what the lyrics are and he really really badly wanted the crowd to to love the idea of we will we will rock you Cena no. sucks. <laughs> like he really wanted that to catch on like fucking wildfire and it just didn't no it was shit it, it was kind of a half-assed attempt by the crowd like you can tell when he made that like you know calling it your anthem the people's anthem and all that he wants that fucking echoing around miami on the night you know what i mean yeah it was it was it, it was, was bad first chant in the world to have at miami but because he killed it you know, in the operate, you know, killed it during pregnant during a delivery, yeah. if you will dead on delivery. Dead. Um, it just it just ruined it to me. And I, again, like I say it's it is my least favorite Queen song. It just annoys me. um and then, yeah, I don't know i i mean, i even feel I feel like a deflated
1: balloon talking about this <laughs> no i know I, I was so i mean oh, oh ah. he also I'm lost for words, like I'm literally at a loss for words um i'm gonna give rock this week's Shockmaster award for his opening karaoke. Because his delivery fell flat in its ass fell flat in its fucking ass (laughs) Exactly Uh, He then closes out raw with the top bun of the sandwich By going If you smell Wait, what does the teleprompter say? Oh yeah If what the rock is Prepare Cooking If you smell the deuce the rock is dropping I smell it and it smells like shit Absolutely. So as Raw ends this week, Cena is on a strict 3-0 win so far. Oh, like yeah, easy. I mean, it it's not
2: I can't believe it's been as one-sided as it has considering that it was so you know, like John Cena couldn't couldn't buy a fucking veil <laughs> um, you know, all all year long and now all of a sudden it's yeah. like it's like it's not even like he has to try anymore. The first week when he came out when Rock was in satellite, is you know, the vitriol was pretty impressive and I was like, Okay, that, that wasn't too bad. And then when he came out and ruined Rock with the continued trending moment, that was when it first it cemented it first for me. It was like Cena's kicking his ass on the mic. Cena's kicking Mr. Mike's ass. Yeah. And ne now- with this fucking
1: rock band bullshit is just fucking weak tea insipid shit it is now let's go let let me be devil's advocate for a moment if, if if i may what if that's the plan what if rock is so good that he's deliberately being bad to put over john cena <coughs> well then that's a cheap way to put him over and it's bad writing yeah because it's it may advance the story but
2: it's making rock look like shit <coughs> exactly and you know seen as he cena can be good um on the mic and he can you know drum up some enthusiasm and he could have done a good job anyway and it would a bit of more fucking effort from the writers or maybe the bringing on of proper fucking writers they could have made it better yeah like you you could have won you could have written the rock looking bad without like the rock rock, the rock doesn't look bad in terms of the reality of the storyline the rock looks bad as a as a performing person
1: yeah, exactly. If if they're trying to do it, that he's so flustered that he's screwing up. It's not coming off that way. It's coming no. off like he sucks. It's coming off like he didn't put the work or the rehearsal in. Exactly. To he's too p- busy reading the script to GI Joe to exactly. be ready for res- to be ready for WrestleMania. It's I don't tooth- like it. Tooth Fairy Two Trouble in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it- that's my. I mean, maybe they're faking it. In which, in which case, he's a fantastic actor, I guess. I don't think so. They're no. not smart to fake it that that uh convincingly. No, absolutely not. Uh this performance by The Rock was embarrassing. And I'm gonna have to apologize to one of our listeners, Smithy, who's a huge rock fan. But even as a fan, Smithy, you must realise The Rock is letting you down.
2: Like I I, I I The Rock was never my favorite, but I always thought he was pretty fucking kick ass back in the attitude days. Um so it's not so i'm not coming from a place of you know I, I i'm not looking for him to fail i i remember the rock at his best and the rock at his best is you know pretty damn good
1: so this is not his best not by not by country mile no this is awful and the the, the part that's going to bother me is when we get to mania and the crowd are still screaming for rock and booing cena
2: yeah which was, which won't be fair or won't won't be won't reflect what has happened in the month leading up to it no exactly i mean if I wonder though, wonder, I wonder, I wonder if it hadn't been his ha- a home crowd, which American home crowds to me, I don't understand the the, the definition of what your home crowd is, because he was born in Hawaii, he, he went to college in Miami, that's not a
1: hometown to me. No, I guess the hometown for wrestling is whichever town the announcer reads you from.
2: Yeah, Death Valley, California. Exactly, <laughs> parts unknown. Yeah parts unknown is lovely in the springtime have you ever been no really I'd, I'd like to check that out sometime they have they have lovely uh, parks uh, nice beaches <laughs> and dudes running around in face paint they're hard to find though <laughs> the, the face paint or the trees Well, no, being parts unknown there's very few maps so
1: <laughs> yeah so that little parts unknown bit that we just did was more interesting than this week's raw yeah, pretty much. Because I mean, we're hilarious. We are. Zing. Uh, what was there, 10 minutes of wrestling on this week's edition? If.
2: And there, was, and there were no actual contests, if
1: you know what I mean. Yeah, there was not... This Raw was dry. Considering they've only got three more before WrestleMania. They've sold
2: The Rock um, Cena enough now. They need to they need to start next week's episode off and I'm sorry if I sound biased they need to start next week's Raw off with some serious cult personality Punk walking out pissed the fuck off and calling out Y2J getting really fucking personal and angry and then maybe you know giving each other a few punches or whatever before fucking they're split up and then have some fucking good wrestling matches before I don't know maybe some main event that doesn't involve The Rock singing
1: yeah I don't I don't know. I hope that's what they do, but that's not what, that's not what uh, history leads us to believe. Um, I have a feeling that in three weeks, I'm going to be so sick of The Rock that I'm not going to care. I'm just going to want to see Cena beat the shit out of him with a chair. Uh, I'm already there. Yeah, like maybe that's where they want us to be. Maybe that's the program. They want us to hate Rock's guts.
2: Like, are you saying that they're? Are you saying that instead of taking a risk and making Cena go heal, they're prepared to ruin the legacy of one of the greatest mic workers of all time, and to have him lose, without, to have him lose cleanly to Cena? Is that what you think they're doing?
1: Exactly, that's exactly what I think they're doing.
2: They they wanted they want to set it up so that they can still have Super Cena after uh, you know on April second they still want Super Cena.
1: Exactly. Then that's pathetic. Well, I think that's exactly what they're doing because they've had so many great programs. Cena defeated Nexus by himself. Like, not to compare Nexus to The Rock. They didn't have that kind of impact. But you see where I'm going. They had such potential for the Nexus to run rampant.
2: You see, I didn't hear, I I wasn't watching then, um, but I was vaguely aware of them, but I did
1: hear that they kind of just came out on a Raw one week and just kicked the shit out of everyone. Everyone. They ripped the ring apart. They took the innards of the ring apart. They beat up the sound crew, the cameramen. It was amazing. It was one of those angles where you were like, holy shit, what's going to happen next week on Raw? Flash forward to a few months and Cena beats them all single-handedly. That's pathetic. Apparently, there was lots of complaints from mothers, like they were crying kids and shit. Yeah, because it got pretty real. It was good.
2: I'm like, if you got crying kids after one of your
1: shows, you're doing something right. Exactly, but not in their world anymore. Now it's wrong.
2: Because I I cried when the Ultimate Warrior ended up puking up green shit because Papa Shango put a (laughs) curse on him. I honestly thought I had witnessed a man dying as the cameras cut off. That's it. You know when you're young, you believe it. I was like, Papa Shango, I think he was fighting one of the nasty boys, Ultimate Warrior. And um, maybe Brian Knobs, yeah, possibly, possibly, kind of stole one of his armbands. You know, very um, inconspicuously, kind of snuck out into the ring and uh, took this armband, and one of the announcer pointed out, "What's he up to?" And then all of a sudden, Ultimate Warrior starts puking up pea soup. Yeah, that was and, great. That
1: was the good old days.
2: Yeah. And that freaked me out. Like that gave me nightmares for a week.
1: Uh, hence, and I still remember that shit to this day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, they're so, not going to remember this raw to this to the, any other day.
2: Oh, I will. You know, scarring things like that generally tend to stick
1: yeah it's bad we're only a few weeks into smart marks and i already had the moment where i was like do i really want to review this and then talk about this for a fucking hour i've i
2: i i i, I mean I, I i'm enjoying the shit at recording these as well but i've i i be this week i became painfully aware of the fact of how thin my interest in wrestling has been historically when the product gets shit yeah <laughs> So I'm like, oh man, this is going to start, because talking about it it never feels like work, but watching it, if it continues like this, is going to feel like work.
1: Exactly how I felt this week. Absolutely. To a T, exactly how yeah. I felt. I was just like, what a shit product. We've got some hard road ahead of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We'll We'll get through it together. <laughs> absolutely. We'll be here for each other. Sam will be here for us. The listeners will be here for us.
2: This show will stop being a review show and more like just a kind of a support group.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Like Vince McMahon's Battered Wives Association. I'm Brian Fitzpatrick, and I'm a wrestling fan. Hello, yeah, Brian. It's, it's been 12 weeks since I've watched a Raw, <laughs> <laughs> but I still do a review show every week. Yeah. So I realize it's tempting, and tempting fate every week when I do this, but I just can't stop, you know. Yeah, you know, I think it might be fun if we do a review for Raw before either of the, either of us have seen it.
2: <laughs> oh, some sort of fictitious raw where everything that we wanted to happened or? no
1: no like where we just straight up do a guess like we record next week's raw review before raw and then see where we come off compared to what we thought they would do
2: well I'm, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you if shit like that ever happens I'm gonna start guessing that Coco Beware comes back as a
1: heel and <laughs> and forms a tag team with Papa Shango <laughs> exactly <laughs> that might be more fun than this week's raw Demolition will
2: reform, but instead of him playing Smash, he'll be the repo man. But for some reason, he'll still be in Demolition.
1: I love it brilliant (laughs) sounds great well ladies and gentlemen that's this week's raw we sat through it i sat through it twice for you people so i hope you appreciate it um like i I know like we both just said we love get we love talking about it we love doing the podcast about it but this was a rough monday night raw this week and to only be 20 days away from wrestlemania not the best way to have us feeling right now
2: no i mean two weeks ago i was psyched about wrestlemania
1: yeah you were and now this week's Raw you just deflated
2: instantly because they've because obviously the, the Punk match is the one I'm most interested in and they've they gave very little airtime to that they get, at least they left it on a cliffhanger which is why I think they need to start with it next week but the Sheamus thing they've done nothing for The Rock they've just killed uh, it's Johnny Funkman and fucking Theodore are gonna be fucking you know fighting with Avatars <laughs> 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 next week. Or, sorry, it's it's just I don't know how do they do it. I don't know. It's it's the reality what? of it. setting in, isn't it? Do you know what I was? Lo- I was looking like the lineup of like WrestleMania Five or something
1: like that. Um, and there was like fifteen matches in that motherfucker. Yeah, this one's gonna be six, seven matches tops. So that's gonna be it. That's crazy. Because you what got are they, you, well, you what got they f- differently. Were there were there were there lots of squash matches in old WrestleManias that I don't remember. I don't know if... I mean, I'm sure there were a few more squash-ish matches, but I also think the matches were shorter. Um, you got to think Cena and Rock are going to go 40 minutes. Yeah. you got to think Taker and Triple H are going to go 40 minutes. True. So, I mean, you're you're already over an hour, and that's two matches, and WrestleMania is an hour longer. I suppose at least that is is one of the only things I'm clinging
2: to. I think Punk and Y2J... Taker and Triple H, and Sheamus and Daniel Bryan can at least be three
1: good matches to watch. As long as they don't bury Daniel Bryan and Sheamus, I think they're going to open WrestleMania with that.
2: Yeah, well, they probably will. But at least Daniel Bryan is a really good wrestler, and Sheamus is a really good brawler type wrestler. So I think, and he can take a lot of punishment. So I think that'll at least be it'll be it'll be fun to watch, even if the build up is for shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. It'll be
2: it'll it'll be better than the rock match, I bet but yeah of course but see I never even liked The Rock in the ring I think that's why I never really liked him as much as I liked Austin because I loved Austin because A I think his mic work was better I don't think it was as good it was better and everything I've watched in the last year like kind of reacquainting myself with his old stuff has just reaffirmed that for me but his ring work was better and he wasn't like Rock was super Cena he would give you a few open hand slaps and then he would get the shit kicked out of him for 10 minutes and then he would do a spine buster people's elbow on a rock bottom
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: He Um, wasn't a wrestler. He wasn't a dominating wrestler. He was a seller he was Absolutely. always a seller and that's why I really started to get sick, uh, sick of him and Triple H's feud after a while because it would always wind up just being Triple H kicking the shit out of him for 75% of the match because um, Triple H is the opposite of a, of a seller or a guy who takes hits he, he always gets the upper
1: hand in fights he just beats people up
2: like like his it, I, I love Triple H but his most hated move of mine was the you know the um, Irish whip to kind of a knee yes where it looks like someone's gathered some momentum against them and they've thrown him against the ropes, but then he hits them with that knee and then they're gone again. The amount of times he used that to kill momentum in fights and therefore kill your interest for another two minutes until they can maybe build up the momentum again was painful. Yes. But with Austin, he's a bit more like Sheamus in that Austin would kick the shit out of all and sundry. He'd lose sometimes, he'd win sometimes, but he wasn't spending
1: 90% of the match on his back. No, and after watching both, they've done a they've done a Rock documentary recently and an Austin one. I've and watched, watched
2: both. yeah, I've, I've watched, watched
1: both. Um, I've watched all the matches on both as well. Doesn't the Rock come across as really fake in, yeah. his, in his? I was saying that to to Smithy, the 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 Rock fan. Everything he does is like he's on Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I it. just love the WWE. This is my family here, you know so much fun that's one
2: of my most hated phrases with, with fucking famous people it it was so fun or they were so fun yeah it's such, such a bullshit pure line whereas Austin uh, in, in his documentary was you know it was like he was talking to like a WWE cameraman who's worked there for years so he knows him well yeah, exactly. And Austin even like teared up a few times during his. Yeah, black- during the part where the, the, him the Rock had the match and Rock whispered something in his ear. Yeah, he whispered like I love you, thank you or whatever. Yeah, and he got he could say that meant a lot to Steve and yeah. he, and he, you know, he was like he was you know, he, he it was like listening to a, a friend down the pub. Um and and you, there was there were moments in the Austin one that kind of made me surprised because I ended up liking him even more as then i already did like when i saw all the stuff you know and he was like when the cameras turn off the show begins and then you'd see him getting properly drunk like for flirting with lillian garcia and just talking shit to the crowd for a half hour yeah that's
1: good gr- that stuff's great and I, I was yeah i was the same as you i started to like him more once i saw the documentary
2: because obviously oh, I always loved him. I said he's always my favorite, but I just didn't believe I could like him any more than I already did, and because like, he did that shit in Ireland, and I didn't I didn't know it was a regular thing because we saw him in um in an open air kind of um summer event, and he was a special guest referee with like Kurt Angle, John Cena. Hmm drinking Guinness in Temba Bar and all this stuff and getting drunk. And he was like, I I went into a bar and I had a Guinness. I had one pint, what? Two pints, what? You know, and it was, it
1: was kind of your money's worth kind of thing. Yeah, apparently and he was- did that for his whole run when he was huge. Every arena, they would get stuck behind for half hour to an hour with him just hanging out with the crowd.
2: That's, been, that's brilliant. That's a guy who just, that you know, because that, that's not going to help his... Uh, is, you know, that's not going to help his persona anymore. It's not going to sell any more tickets or any more T-shirts because it's just that crowd there. It's not televised. So, you know, he's not doing it for massive
1: publicity purposes. He's doing it because he loves doing it. And I think that's my biggest problem with with The Rock is I don't feel like he loves doing it. Maybe he does. I don't know the guy. But he doesn't come off like he does.
2: I'm sure he enjoys it. I don't think he thinks it's an... I don't think he hates doing it. But what what he has... The thing that has happened to him in the years that he's gone off and become Mr. Hollywood is he has he has added that horrible artificial almost Scientology like patina to his personality where everyone kind of looks vaguely brainwashed and has this kind of stupid disguise all a smile on their face
1: yeah you know what like, he reminds me of you know when you get you get hired at a new job. And then you have the company Yes Men, you know, and you yeah. go into a meeting and they're like, this is the greatest company in the world to work for. I drive a Ferrari. I love it here. I'm so happy. This job fulfill, fulfills me. And everybody in the yeah. meeting is thinking this guy's full of shit. Absolutely. That's what I get from The Rock.
2: I get, I get the same vibe from him when he talks about the WWE and his time there in the documentary that I do watching Tom Cruise talk about Scientology or defend it you know that that just that glazed um uh, soulless look in his eye, where he, where it's almost like he's he's saying this by rote, like he's learned it off by rote, and
1: there's n- there's nothing behind the eyes, no at all. And the first moment I got that from him on this return was when he talked about Zack Ryder, and he was in the ring and he did the whole yeah yeah Zack Ryder the woo woo I love it I love all that stuff yeah yeah I love it, it. Uh, that was pathetic and I was I like that's all- that's bullshit I know you just made I know you're reading that
2: you're just pandering Yes, the crowd Exactly If you remember in that moment You're talking about the bit After Survivor Series That wasn't televised Aren't you Yes exactly And he was doing the whole Zack Ryder Woo 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 I love it And the way he said it was It was like It it was like The the, the most It was the nicest possible way He could get the He could say to the crowd Shut the fuck up This is not about Zack Ryder That's what he was saying there He was like I'm on stage Shut up So I was like Yeah yeah I like him too But you know Big
1: hairy butt Yeah that was the first moment He lost me And now he's just Completely lost me Yeah I don't know. A- we got three weeks, Fitzy. He still might win us back. Well, if anyone can, <laughs> he's got the tools. Yeah, let's just hope he uses them in the right way. Yep. Uh, any uh, any other closing thoughts for this week, Mr. Fitzy? Um, no, I'll just pray next week's is uh, that little bit better. I <laughs> uh, just want a little bit of entertainment if you're listening, WWE. <laughs>
2: I, just, I mean, you know, it, when all else fails, just throw Punk on the mic for five minutes and I'll be happy. Oh, <laughs> like, I know. That, that whole episode could have been fine by me because I'm such a fucking fanboy. And they'll be like, just throw him on the mic for five minutes and then I, I'll forgive all the
1: other shit. Exactly. You, <laughs> next week, don't give Rock 25 minutes. Give him 15. Yeah. yeah and then give, him and, give Punk and YGJ 10. Exactly. Because <laughs> I love Punk as well. I think I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it all. Best in the world. I love it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I've I've talked to friends about prior episodes of Raw where I, I, I started the conversation going, Oh yeah, it was great episodes, fucking great. Punk came out fucking great promo at the beginning and then he was in the main event. And then we'll actually discuss what happened between those two events <laughs> and it's like, okay, so Punk was at the start and the end and that's why I liked it and everything in the middle was shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not it's not rocket science. You know we're not we're not watching this stuff for its subtle storytelling and you know early M Night Shyamalan plot twists. No. We just want to see we just want to see the motherfuckers we like. That's right. See cool shit.
1: That's and then right. Do cool moves. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, well, that's us, folks. Don't worry, we won't give up on you. Smart marks will continue even if <laughs> Raw goes into the pan as it is doing right now.
2: Even if it turns into us just
1: crying <laughs> uh, Which it very well could be We're only 20 days away at the time of the record Ladies and gentlemen Three short editions of Monday Night Raw Away from WrestleMania 28 I'm like a two For excitement right now
2: um, <clears throat> I'll give one point for each of the matches That I think will be interesting So I'm at a three
1: There you go <laughs> And there's no need to even break down which matches there are Because I'm sure everybody already knows Yeah well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps us up for another edition of Smart Marks. You can email us, legendinmypodcast at gmail.com. Uh. <laughs> uh. I, I was trying to go out on a positive, excited note, but I just don't have it in me right now.
2: Hey, hey, at least we got Bret Hart this week.
1: <laughs> That's true. You know what? To make, myself, make ourselves feel better, we'll close on the Bret Hart promo as well. And his theme, perhaps. And his theme, Indeed. <laughs> Alright folks, so as you can hear Bret Hart's music starts to fade up behind us This has been another edition of Smart Marks He's been the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick I've been the grumpy self, Matt Lees We would like to thank you for listening And we will see all you dirty, dirty cunts Next week Say goodnight Stay stay attitudinal Aw, you son of a bitch (laughs) Hey,
0: this is Bret the Hitman Hart And you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network Listen good
1: Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm is up, my time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. It's the franchise, man, I'm shining now. <laughs> you can't see me, my time is now. In case you forgot a fellow I'm still hot, knock your shell off. <laughs> You didn't learn the song, um, did you? <laughs> franchise, and, st- and I stay under you fighting. Plus, I'm storming on you chumps like I'm thunder and lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm hot. You never catch me in the next man's sweater. If they hate, let them hate. i will drop your old clan. Lay your ass down for the three-second tan. And I didn't have no teleprompter, rock. Matt Lee's all- doesn't need no teleprompter, Bitch. <laughs>